Hi there! This is the PowerPoint Tribe, where our vibe is faith and our food is the Word. Prepare to be strengthened and encouraged through the teachings of God's Word and the ministry of the Spirit. Uh, it brings me joy to be bringing God's Word today, humbly. You already know the title. And um, it's been such an honor. The past eight weeks, nine weeks, we have been so blessed, lavishly blessed. How many of us missed one? Or Okay, let me put it this way. How many of us... Me, uh, did not listen to one of the messages. Okay, you didn't listen to, I, I mean, all the series, there were nine of them or eight of them. You, 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 you have not listened to any. Okay, that's the best way to ask it. You have not listened to any. If you're a newcomer, it's understandable. You have not listened to any. Any other person? You have not listened to any of the series, Face of Jesus. Wow. It's very important. And I want to start by urging us to go back to this series. Okay? Even if you have listened to it again and again, it's very important that you keep going back to, the, to, to that series. What Pastor Dami taught us by the help of the Holy Spirit is at the crux of our Christian faith. I can tell you, I mean, it's, it's at the, I mean, we can, even this next series we're going to start again, we're still going to go back there. The face of Jesus is like everything you need to know in life. Once you know it, you have unlocked something very major. So please, as we go through life, let's continue to um, go over these things. And what I want to do today, we're not starting a new series. Pastor will come and start a new series. I am just in between the series, yeah, in between the series. I just want to lay on some of the thoughts that Pastor has shared over the past nine, eight weeks. And last week also, how many of you were in service last week? Powerful. Ah, it's good to have a wise man of God. This pastor is just sitting calmly, just dishing out. <laughs> takes revelation knowledge and insight. We're able to, ah, my wife and I were talking about it. Hey, see how pastor was just answering with ease. Is the anointing. If you sow into that, you can tap into it. It's a secret. It's a secret. So this morning, full light. Tell your neighbor, full light. On your light. Full light. Full light. So let's start from First Corinthians. Wow, I have a short time to do this. But, um, but before we start, let's just say a word of prayer, a quick word of prayer. Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for today. We thank you for the opportunity to gather around your word, to tabernacle around your word. I ask, oh God, that you make my tongue the pen of a ready writer in Jesus' name. I ask, oh God, for God who has caused all grace to abound towards us, abound towards us right now in the name of Jesus. And for God has commanded the light to shine out of darkness. He has shone in our hearts to show the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And we decree that we arise and shine for our light is come in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's start from 1 Corinthians chapter 2 this morning. Full light. Wow, I have a lot of things to share. God help me. I, know, I don't know how pastor does it. Crazy. Well, there's grace. You have to leverage on grace. Really, leverage on grace for these kind of things. To preach, it's leverage on grace. So like I said, I'm just, I want to show us something. I like to find missing links. That's why the title of my book, uh, first book was Missing Link of Education. I like to find some, some little things that we just need to remember about some of the things that pastor has shared. Like pastor, pastor Itoro calls it the, uh, the smoothie. <laughs> Mine is missing link. Just find something. Just a like, just little information that you may have missed uh, during the course of the sermon. First Corinthians, I'll be reading from the first verse to the last verse. It's a long read and I'll be sharing some insight as I go on. First Corinthians 2, I hope it's on the screen. Uh, and I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech, of wisdom declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Verse 5. 
That's where I'm going to this morning. Powerful verse. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I heard this sermon seven years ago by a known man of God, and it transformed my life. This particular verse, I heard it for the first time when the man of God preached, and pastor quoted from this chapter during the series, and we're going, we're going down there, okay? But look at what it says here, that your faith should stand, should not stand in the wisdom of God, but in the power of God, okay? Not in the wisdom of men, rather, but in the power of God. In literature, we call this um, antithesis, okay? You compare two things, okay? Now, why does it say in the wisdom of men? And not in the power of God. Why, why didn't he say, in, not in the wisdom of men, but in the wisdom of God? It's not a trick question. No. He says, let your faith not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. There's a lot of wisdom out there. Okay, we, we, have, we are exposed. We live in an enlightened age. You have access to a lot of information online, on Google, on social media. But scripture is saying your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. What, why, what, what does that mean? Scripture is not saying you should not ask for advice. You should not ask for opinion. But your faith should not be based on what? The wisdom of men. You can consult. You can ask for feedback, ask for direction, get mentorship. Mentoring is important. But God is saying at the end of the day, your faith should not stand in that. Your faith should stand in what? In the power of God. And why did he say wisdom of God? Because be behind every power, there is a wisdom. Okay? Behind every power, there is a wisdom. If you say somebody is powerful, it's because they are wise. Proverbs 24 verse uh, 5 talks about it. He said, a wise man is strong. Yes, a man of knowledge increases strength. So when scripture is telling us that we should, what? Our faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. He's telling you indirectly that your faith should stand in the wisdom of God. But God likes to start from the end. It likes to start from there because the end product of every wisdom should be power. Power is results. So God is not telling you, Jesus, the scripture is not telling you that, oh, stand in the wisdom. Because you can amass so much wisdom and insight and knowledge and for 10 years, there's no result in your life. You can be read, you can, you can go to school, gather all the master's degree, get all the degrees like a thermometer, pack the degrees. By the end of the day, there are no results. And that's why many people are, are getting tired of the Christian faith. They're getting tired. Like, look, I'm just going to church. There are no results in my life. Things have been, I've been trying to get a wife, get a husband, get a job. And they're tired. But scripture is assuring us here that what, there is power. There is power. The end product of every wisdom is power. Power, the power of God is what can make you one day you are in jail. The next day you are prime minister. That's the power of God. The power of God is the kind of power that can make you one day you are reaping the field. The next day you are the owner of the field. That's the power of God. The power of God is the same thing that will make you one day you are being stoned, ridiculed, criticized, condemned, and the next day you are resurrected and risen. Everybody's looking up to you. That's the power of God. So when scripture tells you your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, he knows what he's talking about. The wisdom of men will not produce results for you. The wisdom of men at best, you can do different things, is the power of God that has the genuine results that can take us to the top. And that's why when we say power of God, I'm still going somewhere. When we say power of God, remember I told, I told us that behind every power, there is a wisdom. Now, if you look at the United States of America, they are called the word power, right? A major reason why they are called the word power is because they have intelligence. 
Intelligence is what is called wisdom. They know certain things. President Joe Biden knows certain things that you, you can never have access to. Immediately you become president like this, you are exposed to those things. And that's what makes them powerful. There's a wisdom behind every power. But so when scripture tells us, let not your faith stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. If you look at the next verse, it now begins to tell you that there's actually a wisdom. I'm not saying there's no wisdom. Let's go further. You see what I'm talking about. How be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Scripture is telling you this kind of wisdom. It's not the kind of wisdom you find on Facebook. It's not the kind of wisdom you find in encyclopedias or dictionaries or on Google. No. We speak wisdom among them that are perfect. Anytime you see perfect in scripture, it talks about maturity. We speak wisdom among them that are mature. God wants us to be mature so he can expose us to certain things in scripture. The result that we are seeking for is in scripture. Let's go further. Yet, not the wisdom of this world. So, there's wisdom of men, there's wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is one that produces power, that produces results. So, when it tells you that this wisdom, look at verse 7. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. There's a particular way God has ordained for you to blow. There's a particular way that God has ordained for you to get married. There's a particular way that God has ordained before the foundations of the world in his wisdom. Now you can think it all in your head and plan it all in your head and say, look, I want to chart my own course. I, I'm smart. A lot of strategic thinking, you know, critical thinking, you're already planning and processing. But God is saying there's a coded wisdom, hidden wisdom, coded wisdom. I have ordained, look at what he says now. Hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. There's a particular way God has said, You, Shola, this is how you're going to blow. This is how you're going to rise. And that's why when we look on social media and we see people prospering, don't be jealous, don't be envious. That is their own pathway to glory. There's a pathway for you that has been customized. Sometimes you may not necessarily have to get a master's degree to get that job. I don't know how many people call that. Some people think you have to get a master's degree. I have to. Somebody got a master's degree, got a PhD degree. There's a particular wisdom in God. And so when pastor tells us, read the Bible, study the word, there's a wisdom. You need to find what God, what I said concerning you in the word. So if you go back here, he says what? Which none of the princes of this world knew. This same wisdom. God has said, Jesus the way you are going to become the son of God that people are going to be calling anytime you pray, you say in Jesus' name, is that you're going to die. You're going to be crucified. You're going to be, people will stone you. They will spit on you and all of that. I was watching Passion on the Christ some days ago and I just, I was just looking, see how this guy, ah, this is the pathway to the throne. It's not everybody that will go through that same path. Okay? So when you look at somebody, somebody else's life and you see how they are rising, they are prospering, you want to ask yourself, Lord, how is my, what's the wisdom behind my own rise? You don't look at people's pattern and say, okay, ah, let me copy that pattern. Copy, copy. You, don't, you want to look at people's and say, oh, let me, let me try and decide. Let me come and use this style. Ah, this style is like this style. Style you <laughs> No. You will go into your, your word. And that's the God's word. And that's what it says here. Look at what it says. In verse 8. In verse 8. None of the princes knew. So when they were killing Jesus, they were fulfilling destiny. When they were stoning him, they were fulfilling. So things are happening to you. You are, thinking, you are complaining. You are saying, no, these things are, all things work together for good. When you find scripture and you see the hidden wisdom of God concerning your life, everything is working for your good. 
It doesn't matter if your other neighbor or somebody else, if something is working for them in a particular way, they got a job in by age 20, they have achieved something by age 25. That is their own wisdom. That is the wisdom that God has customized for them. You cannot use that and take that in your life. You, God may say, look, for you, I want you to prosper when you are 35. Because he knows that, look, if you prosper too early, you will die soon. That's, that's, you have to find the wisdom of God. And that's why sometimes you cannot be in a hurry. You can't be in a hurry. And that's what we're going to today. But let's go further. Let me not jump ahead of myself. Look at verse 9. What I want to show us is how do you find this wisdom? That's, that's the problem of many people now. How do you find this wisdom that we're saying that leads to power? And if you, if you read Ephesians chapter 1, the prayer there that Paul, the, the Pauline prayers, it starts that God, uh, God will give you the... Uh, this. Let's, let's go there. Let me not quote it from my head. It talks about the spirit of wisdom and understanding and knowledge of him. Can we go to Ephesians chapter 1? Okay, I want to show you the journey from wisdom to power. Let's start. Let's start. When you start in wisdom, the end product is power. Power is what produces results. Let's start Ephesians 1 from verse 16. Let's see 16. And then I'll show you how it journeys to power now. Okay, yeah. Cease not to give thanks for you. Making mention of you in my prayer. So this is the prayer, verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom. That's the starting point. When you have wisdom... Now, keep going. Verse 18. The eyes of your understanding is still talking about wisdom. It's enlightened. Keep going. Verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us what we believe? According to the working of his mighty power. Verse 20. That's the same power he used to raise Christ from the dead. When you start with wisdom, it ends in power. So, let's now look at this wisdom that is hidden. How do you have access to it? That's what I want to first deconstruct. My sermon has not started though. This is just laying the foundation, okay? But God has revealed them to us. Look at it, verse 10. God has revealed them to us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man, save the spirit of a man, which is in him. Even so, the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. <laughs> Let me pause here. You know, you can know... You can, you, can, you can know about something. You can know about something and that helps you to rise fast. You can, know, you can have access to certain wisdom, certain intelligence, certain understanding. If you know certain things about what God has said concerning you, it helps you to rise fast. It helps you to pro get promoted fast. So my question to you this morning is, what wisdom could you be missing out on? Okay, what, what, uh, what could you be missing out on just because you lack the wisdom of God in your life? What opportunities, okay? What wrong steps could we be taking because of a lack of wisdom? What wrong decisions could we be making because of a lack of wisdom? Lack of wisdom that produces power. You know, when you have wisdom, things work faster. You are able to rise faster. Things you don't, you, you, when, you, when, you want to sharp, when you want to cut something, wisdom will tell you, sharpen this thing first. You sharpen it, you cut it quickly. But if you lack the wisdom of God, Things take longer. So the question is, what are you missing out on? You know, there's a story that goes about a particular billionaire that died and um, had just one daughter and gave, the only thing he gave to the daughter was a frame, a picture frame, that's all. And the girl was very angry. Ah, my, my billionaire father died and never gave me anything. Just threw the frame somewhere else and was just languishing in poverty and was just... I, about five, six years later, I said, this frame that my dad gave me, let me see what is there. She just opened the frame, and at the back of it was a check. Everything was willed to her, and she never knew it. 
That's the same thing that happens to many Christians. Okay, everything is already finished. Scripture has already confirmed that, look, every, all things are yours. But you need to do what? Sit down with that thing. And that's what we are going to. Let's go. So now, when he says the spirit searches all things, okay? I will, I'm, I'm going somewhere. This sermon has not started. I'm going somewhere. Thank you very much, ma'am. I'm going somewhere. Going somewhere. Please just follow me, okay? I'm laying a very important foundation for what I want to share. Now he said, but God has revealed them to us. Ah, so can sweat like his pastor. Ah, I know it now. <laughs> See what costs this. Sorry. <laughs> but God has revealed them to us by his spirit. This is the wisdom he's talking about. Scripture is say, telling us here that, okay, that the way to get access to this wisdom is by spirit. Now, I can sit down with Pastor Yinka now, and we are talking and we are conversing, but I don't know what is in her spirit. She may be planning to dash me a millionaire after service. Yeah? She may be planning to do anything. The, the, the secrets of a man are in their spirit. The things they want to do, the secret of a woman, the things you want to do now. Some of you are looking at me now, you are thinking, how will I cook the Amala after service? How will I hang out with my boyfriend? Let <laughs> this guy finish preaching a beg. It's in your spirit. Some things are in your spirit. Some things are locked up in your spirit. You're thinking about the assignment you want to submit next uh, on Tuesday. This, this sermon, quickly finish a beg. The things of a man are locked up in his spirit. In the same vein, the things of God are locked up in God's spirit. The things... You, have, you can be looking at God, coming to church every Sunday like this, and you are praying up those things. That's what he's saying here now. <laughs> they, are, they are in the spirit of God. The wisdom, the progress, the success, the motto, the car, <laughs> the house, the man, the, they are in God's spirit, waiting there like that. All the things we are praying to God for, they are in the spirit. How do you access these things in the spirit? He says what? God has revealed them to us by his spirit. Because it's the spirit of man that searches all things. For what man knows the things of a man? This is what I just explained now. What man knows the things of a man? Save the spirit of a man which is in him. Even so the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. So put it simply. The things of God are known by the spirit of God. God now tells you that this spirit of God is inside you. The things of God, all the things you want, they are in the spirit of God. That spirit of God is now inside you. That's what he's saying here. Look at it. Now we have received, verse 12, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know. Can you see that? That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. This scripture saved me about seven years ago. I was about to apply for one scholarship like that. I just woke up. Sometimes when you're about to make a decision, just pray that, look, any scripture I read today should be the answer. I do that a lot of so God, because scripture, <laughs> Pastor Bojita taught me this one. Just any script, just say, look, this is I'm about to make it now. I, I don't, any scripture I want to do to any difficult, I just, any, even if it's Zephaniah, just any, just open your Bible like this and start reading. Anything. I do that a lot for Proverbs because I do a lot of Proverbs study from Proverbs chapter 1 to 31 because it's 31 days. So, I, so when is, let's say August 8th, for example, and I'm reading Proverbs 8. I just start reading. Anything that he says, that's what I go and do. And God will honor that. Because that is what it is. It's scripture. You're obeying, obeying scripture. So that day I was so bothered. This scholarship, should I do it? Should I undo it? And as the decisions are coming, and I just saw this scripture. Verse 12. That we may know the things that are freely given. This thing is not freely given. You will suffer. This thing, you will pay money for this scholarship. You will, you will put your, you will write essay, write essay. At the end of the day, you will still not get it. I just left it. 
And my parents, ah, you, that thought you wanted to apply. I said, no, this one is not freely given. A few months down the line, I got what I wanted with ease. Simple. So sometimes there are certain things that God has given to us freely that sometimes you don't have to sweat for it. They will call for you. They will look for you on LinkedIn. In, in one year alone, I've gotten two jobs without applying, them, applying for them. Just sitting in my room like that and they reached out to me. I did not apply. Oh, something that is many times what I was earning when I first started working. Without applying. Freely given. There are some things that are freely given. And by the time we read Isaiah 55, you see what, I, you see what I'm talking about. Because sometimes you, you think that you have to sweat and labor. Especially if you live in a country like Nigeria. Hustling spirit. There are some things that are freely given. And so when we talk about full light, <laughs> I will get there. I'm trying to link the scripture, but let me not jump ahead of myself. So things are freely given. Things are freely given. So this is where I'm going to stop reading this scripture. Because the next verse is the real link where I'm going. So let's start from the top again. I think I prefer my, this one. This one is thicker. Shema, thank you. Okay, so um, how did we start? We said, let not your faith stand in what? The wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Okay, let's follow me. Now we now said this power of God comes through a form of wisdom. Okay, this wisdom is locked up in God's spirit. And you have this spirit on the inside of you. Now, look at what he now says in verse 13. This wisdom, you're able, with this wisdom, you're able to know the things that are freely given to you of God. Verse 13, which things also we speak, not in the word, which man's wisdom teaches. Okay, so if you read the Bible and study the Bible and you meditate on scripture, you're not supposed to be using that to, to weigh statistics and to weigh how the world is going, how, how Nigeria is going to crumble, how Buhari is not doing this. No, we don't use man's wisdom and God's wisdom. We don't compare and say, ah, but God, is this, is this thing still going to happen? Because look at what is happening in this country. Should I jack back? Should I go to Canada? Should I? Ah, this thing. We don't do that. What do we do? Look at what it says. But which the Holy Ghost teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. That's the scripture that pastor quoted. All I am trying to say is that meditate. That's all. Meditate on scripture. Look at what, that's the link comparing, remember the session we had on meditation here, when pastor was sharing scripture, what were, we, what were we doing? We were comparing spiritual things. When you compare spiritual things with spiritual, what are you doing? You're opening scripture. You check this one here, and you say, ah, there's one. You know, that was what pastor was doing when we were preaching. Somebody reads a scripture, and he, as he's explaining, he checks another scripture from Joshua, another one from Matthew, another one. By the time you link all of these things, now let's take it back to the top. If you read it here, it says, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The Holy Ghost will teach you the wisdom. As you are comparing spiritual things with spiritual, it gives you the wisdom. From there, you know the things that are freely given to you of God. From there, you know the deep things of God in verse 10. From there, you know the things that are prepared of you for them that are loved in verse 9. From there, the word, princes of the world will not know what is this guy doing. You are doing this, you are doing that. You are going forward. From there, you, you are speaking the word of God in a mystery. The wisdom you are speaking as ah. This, this path that this guy is towing, we don't know it. Why is this guy doing this? But because of something, you are comparing spiritual things with spiritual. From there, the power of God will be made manifest in your life. That's result. That's the journey from meditation to power, to results. So when pastor is telling us meditate, that was the most important part of the series. It's at the crux of our Christian faith. Many people don't, you may hear that sermon and start meditating for a bit and then stop. No, you don't stop. 
You don't stop. When you know that something works, you stay with it. When you know that something is going to lead somewhere, you stay with it. So when pastor says, meditate, meditation is the power, you look at it, look at what it says. Look at what it says. Let me jump right on myself. Let's go to um, John, John chapter 8, verse 31. I want to talk quickly about the power of continuity. Power of continuity. When you know something works for you, you stay with it. The power of continuity. Look at what John 8, 31 says. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples? Now, Jesus preached. And then I said, if you continue in this thing, you can, you can hear his sermon and you start practicing. But if you, you can just be dilly-dallying and be going up and down. Today you meditate, today you don't meditate, today. Continue in my word. Look at what will happen in verse 32. Then are you my disciples indeed? Then 32, look at what it says in 32. Can we go quickly? And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth that makes you free is the truth that you stay on. Not the truth you just hear once, and it goes. The essence of this series, all of these things, is so that you can go back to them again and again. Look at another scripture in James 1.25. This is an example of what it calls continuity. The truth is not, it's the truth that makes you free. It's not the truth that you just hear one time, and that's the end. The truth, is that it, uh, the truth is that it is not that many don't meditate. They don't continue meditating. It is not, I know most of us read the Bible, study the Bible. That's, that's okay. You want to stay with it for five years. You want to stay with it for 10 years, for as long as possible, till the results show. Because you know the end point. Look at James 1. Whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty and what continues therein. He be not a forgetful hearer. Don't forget all the things that pastor has taught. But a doer of the work, practice these things. This man shall be blessed in his deed. It is not in the hearing only. You can hear all those sermons and we are blessed, we rejoice, we did joy service. Continue in these things. Continue in these things. These things work. I've tested them. Remember in 2013 when I wanted to apply another scholarship? And I didn't get it. I, that one, I didn't get it because I, I, didn't, I didn't know scripture like that, like that. <laughs> and so I just decided in myself that, look, I'm not going to apply for anything again. And, I'm, and, and I'd resigned my job thinking the scholarship was going to work out. I'd resigned. I'd left. I'd say, ah, you know, when you're believing for scripture, ah, I have Isaiah. I have this one. It will work. So I left my job. I said, yes, it's going to work. End of the month, back down, I just, <laughs> the mail. We are sorry. Wow. And I just decided in me that, wow, I'm not going to apply for any job. I'm just going to find time to understand how this thing works. Because I just, you, you have to get to a point where you know that this thing works. If it doesn't work, I am the one at fault, not God. Now he's not blaming God. God, you know what God, <laughs> you come to 2021 and you're blaming God. God that has been existent since billions of years ago. And you now come to you and say, God, you're not faithful. God that has been, <laughs> so you missed it, just accept. If something doesn't work out, you're standing on the word, you're you are believing, there's something, there's a gap, there's a wisdom you're missing. You have to go back and stay with it. So I decided I'm going to wait for seven months. I'm not going to apply. I'm just going to be reading the Bible. <laughs> I'm just going to be studying. I'm just going to be meditating. I'm just going to be, I'm not, ah. when I started doing that, my, my parents say, what is wrong with you? Do you want to become a pastor? What's happening? <laughs> see, now I'm a pastor. See, now. Then I wasn't a pastor, but see, God was preparing us for this one. But I just stayed. I just stayed. I just started meditating. That's when I discovered Isaiah. I read Isaiah back to back, crisscross. Like pastor said, crisscross. Read back to back. Study, meditate. All, you, all it takes is just for you to, to and when you get it, ah, I'm telling you, all the things you want, 
are in meditation. All the things, and I'm not trying to get us, just uh, bamboozle us and just uh, deceive us. No, this thing works. I, I'm not, I'm, look, I'm not just a pastor. I own two companies and I work nine to five. All of those things happen through meditation. I would not lie. Everything, I swear to God, <laughs> is through meditation. I can't, look, I can tell you for a fact. And I'm, st I'm standing on this altar by the, by, by, the, by the anointing of God and the power of God that, look, if I did not meditate those years, 2013, between August 2013 to December 2013, and I stayed on it, I would never be where I am today. Because that was when I saw Isaiah. I saw what it says in Isaiah 40, verse 60, arise and shine. I will stay on it, meditate on it, read the scripture, continuity, until it becomes something on the inside of you, and you are, that's what you are carrying to your future. Before you know it, somebody will call, a door will just open. You don't have to look for it. You, you don't have, <laughs> So when we say meditate, it is because there's a result at the end. God is not calling you to come just have a coming to church. Let's just be playing. No. It's because there's something. God wants you to prosper. But there's a path to prosperity. There's a God path to prosperity. I wrote an article about that some months ago. A God path to prosperity. Many people want to try to find prosperity the human way. So when God is saying your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. <laughs> Some people are sweating for 20 years. And at the end of the day, they get 20 million. But you, one breakthrough, one, one, that is what's called power. Don't you like that kind of power? But it starts from meditation. Look at what it says in 2 Peter verse 1. When do you know to stop meditating on a scripture? When do you know to stop? 2 Peter tells you. 2 Peter 1 verse 19. 2 Peter 1 verse 19. So the lack of continuity is the failure of many to reap rich results. That's the failure. If you hear something now, stay on it. I know we live in a distracted age where social media can, you know, paralyze you. There's, there's this one happening. There's Olympics. There's premiership. Power of continuity. <laughs> if you want to become an expert in any field, you will have to stay at it. Somebody would call you a professional or something. You stay at you. You are, that's, you are, you are building a track record. Okay? You are developing mastery. It, it takes continuity, staying on those things. Look at what it says in verse 19. We have a sh more, sure, more sure word. I should tell myself, this word is sure. Can you sure? Sure word. A more sure word of prophecy, but look at what you should do with it. Whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shines in a dark place. Until, until the day dawns and the day star rises in your heart. If you are reading the Bible and something has not quickened on inside of you, if you are studying and meditating on scripture and something has not jumped at you that caused you to be excited, you have not gotten there. It's almost as though you are digging a well, well you are throwing the uh, fetcher into the well and you are pu pulling something. If it has not gotten you excited, <clears throat> days when I won't have anything to eat, living in my room, I will read scripture. And I'll be shouting like crazy. Because the scripture was so exciting. I'll be jumping, banging on the doors, screaming. When pastor talked about, about joy, it is with joy you fetch these things. But joy starts from meditation. It's because you don't just rejoice. You see something in scripture that gets you excited. So if you are reading the Bible, you are meditating, you have to get to that point where <laughs> you, are, you have struck gold. When you strike gold, that's what it says, until the day dawns and the day star arises in your heart. Look, let me, let me tell you, once you get there, you are just going to be coasting. Coasting. You will sit down in your house and somebody will call you, I have a job for you. You will sit, in this year alone, God is faithful. I won't lie. All these things are tied to meditation. 
different, I'm, and I'm doing this because it's, it's a testimony to encourage you that this thing works. When pastor tells you meditate, these things work like magic. It would be like magic. Just stay. Read your Bible. The problem is that many people don't think, how is meditation connected to prosperity? Me just reading my Bible and just be reading scripture. What, what, what was that? You hear a powerful someone, just sit down and be reading. <laughs> God made the world. So if he tells you that this is how this thing works, what do you think? God that made all the world, he spoke the world into existence and he's telling you that how you, you will prosper is through meditation. It's through sitting down on this thing and looking at it. How, do you think he's lying? No. <laughs> he's not whining you. It's, it's the truth. I don't know why I'm just so passionate about because meditation is, is the secret. Is the, is the cocoa. Is the secret. And so this morning, the little time I have left, I want to try and show us a reason why people don't meditate or why they don't stay on it. That just one reason, not seven, not three. Just one, okay? And I, I hope that after I am done, this thing will be, will be treated. Because what you want to journey towards is the fullness of your light. What you want to journey towards. Many people are caring about light, but the light is not bright enough to have an impact. It's not bright enough. So if you are a Christian, uh, Matthew tells us that... Uh, let your light so shine. You can have light on the inside of you, no doubt. But if your light, your light has to, has to, has to attain a certain level of intensity for it to have impact. Okay? So when you are meditating, what, what is happening is your light is shining. Small, 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 small. Okay? It gets to a point where that light will begin to have impact. So if you are meditating, and, and I'm trying to encourage some of us that have been on certain scriptures, you have been waiting for results, waiting, mm -mm. You are, the light is shining, small, 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 small. And I will show you the thing that can make you distracted. Just one thing, one thing, very, that can make us distracted. But before I show us that one thing, let's watch this video, which is an example of how we should focus on something till the impact strikes. Mayowa, let's see. Do you feel hot when you walk in the sun for a few minutes? This is because the sunlight carries light and heat energy. Let us focus sun rays on a dried leaf using a convex lens and see what happens. Watch. Hold the leaf such that the sunlight directly falls on it. Now hold the magnifying lens above the leaf. You will see that there is a bright spot on the leaf which is the beam of the sunlight focused by the lens. Observe what happens to the leaf. The leaf starts burning. Why did the leaf catch fire? The lens converged the sun rays onto a small area of the leaf. The heat energy carried by the rays now focused on this area of the leaf. As this area receives more intense heat, its temperature gradually rises. When the temperature of the leaf reaches its ignition point, the leaf catches fire. Do you think you can try burning paper by using spectacles? Did you see that? Now what happened? The guy took a mirror, okay? reflecting the rays of the sun and that the rays of the sun against the leaf okay and just by focusing on that leaf over a period of time okay it's not immediately and you have to steady your hand on that leaf for it to catch you can't be moving it like this there has to be a steady focus on the leaf okay and then before you know you, you don't use you, you won't use matches so just steady it and the leaf will catch fire the leaf is what you are trying to achieve the result you are trying to get everything the mirror is the word of God that you are studying. The sun is the scripture 
that the God is supplying, revelation knowledge is supplying, you are the one that has to, you just hold your hand, steady. You are reading, you are studying. One day to catch fire. One day to catch fire. You just need to steady your hand on it. Meditation works until the day dawn and the day star rises in your heart. When scripture talks about meditation, it is not because it works immediately. It's you stay on it. This thing works. And I want to show us uh, one of the things that may actually be happening uh, when people do not uh, focus on something that works. One of the causes of distraction. And interestingly, I mean, our PCU members gathered at my house some weeks ago. We had such an interesting time. And this scripture, and I'm so happy that Jola touched on it too. Why, why ministering earlier today? Is this scripture... That is the secret to why people are, get distracted. But before we look at that, let's look at Proverbs 4. This is what God tells us about his word. So I've been talking about meditation, meditation. This is the primary scripture on meditation. Uh, all preachers will know this scripture. Proverbs 4, 20 and 21. Proverbs 4, 20 and 21. Look at what God tells us about his word. What should you do with the Bible? What should you do with the Bible? My son, and that also includes my daughter, okay? Don't <laughs> say my son. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings, okay? Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, okay? My son, attend to my words. So what, is, what does attend to my word mean? Okay, so you're a doctor now. Somebody calls you, ah, come and attend to this patient. Okay, you leave what you're doing and you're going to attend to the patient. That's the same thing, attend to my words. There's Bible on the, on, the, on, the, on the table. Attend, attend to this Bible, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. That's what you do when you come to church. Hear scriptures, hear God's word. But look at 21. That's the major part. Let them not depart from your eyes. Let them not depart from your eyes. These things that you are hearing, you should now be looking at them. Looking at them. That is how you stay focused. That is what God wants you to do in, in the bus, in the toilet. Even as you are walking, you put a scripture on your heart and you are thinking about it. You are mulling over it. You are meditating on it. You, you, when you are meditating, you are, you, even as you are singing, you are meditating. As you, anything you are doing with scripture is actually meditating. You don't have to sit down and be doing like this before you are meditating. No. Anything you do with scripture, whether you are dancing or shouting or screaming, you are meditating. You are letting that word sink in your heart. So what is it saying? Let, let it not depart from your eyes. Okay? So what causes, uh, what makes people uh, allow the word of God to depart from their eyes? That's the secret I want to show shortly. Matthew 6, 22. A very interesting portion of scripture. That's the same one Jola quoted earlier. Matthew 6. Wow, we're running out of time. Matthew 6. Chapter, Matthew chapter 6 here. Yeah? Verse 22. Let me just read from here very quickly. Okay. Remember it says what? You should focus on God's word through your eyes, right? Matthew 6, 22. Look at what it says in 22. It says, the light of the body is the eye. The light of the body. That's why scripture is telling you that what? Put it on your eyes. Because the light of the body, your entire body, the light of that body is your eye. Everything you do, anything you want to birth in this life, from your eyes. Once you see it like this, the light of your body. What lights up your body? Lights up your body comes through the things you see. That's what it's saying. The light of the body is the eye. So anything you want to fill yourself with, it starts from the things you focus on with your eyes. The light of the body. And you know when, you're, when you have light in your body, <laughs> you are just dispensing, dispensing, and you don't get tired. But look at what it says. If therefore your eye be single, your whole body will be full of light. 
Singularity of vision is the pathway to fullness of light. Singularity. You stay on that till what? There's light in your body. You need to journey. All of us, we need to journey from a place where there's partial light in our body to where there's full light. There's a, there's a, lot, there's a, lot, of, there's a lot of depression in the world right now. There's a lot of seduction. There's a lot of pollution. There's a lot of chaos and violence. That all these things are trying to dampen the intensity of our light. And if there's anything you want to do, you want to stay on scriptures till the scriptures cause, they cause you your light to, to be full. When you are full of light, you are radiating. That's when it now says, arise and shine. Your light is come. And kings will come to the brightness of your rising. They are seeing something radiating. From the corner of their room, nobody is telling them. You are just meditating. But it starts from your focus. So when we are saying meditating, stay on this thing. It's because he wants what? Your body to be full of light. Now, why does this not happen to everybody? Verse 23. But if your eye be evil, your body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light is indeed be darkness, how great is that darkness? What is he saying here? He said, if your eye be single. They now say, if your eye be evil. Okay. What's the opposite of single? Double now. So why didn't he say, if your eye be single, then if your eye be double? Why did he say, if your eye be evil? Okay. Double. It should be double there, right? So if an evil eye is a double eye. Are you getting it? So if your eye is single, focused on the word, then it is double because it is evil because it is swaying. You are you, today. You study the word. You believe it. Well, can you hear me? You check another thing. You find another strategy. Oh, no singularity of vision. Now, what is an evil eye? Remember, we said comparing scripture with scripture. This is the clincher of our message. Get this and get blessed. <laughs> if your eye be evil, if your eye be single, your body is full of light. If your eye be what? Evil. What is an evil eye? This, if you get this part of my message, you are good. An evil eye is defined in Proverbs chapter 28. By itself, you see it. Proverbs 28 verse 22. Just read it for yourself first. <laughs> an evil eye. What's an evil eye? <laughs> he that hasted to be rich has an evil eye. This is the biggest cause of distraction in the world. Hastiness to get rich. That is the biggest distraction. If you are in a place where all you want to is amass wealth, you want to just blow quick, you will, you will be distracted from the world. He that hasted to be rich has an evil eye. And what does it say about an evil eye? If your eye be evil, your body will be full of darkness. An evil eye is all about money. Money. Lord, I have this need. I have this. I have this. You want to blow. You want to do this. That's an evil eye. Jump to verse 20. About evil eye too. Look at verse 20. Just go back to verse 20. Look at what will happen to somebody who hastens to be rich. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. But he that makes haste to be rich shall not be unpunished. That's what another version says. Shall not, shall not be unpunished. This is a scripture that saved me for many years. I used to quote this. He, a man, a faithful man. What is that man faithful in? Faithful in meditation. 
faithful in the things, faithful in the little things. If you are faithful in little things, you are faithful in the little things you are doing right now, faithful in meditation. But if you are making haste to be rich, money. And I'm happy uh, Brian also shared with us when we were at home, uh, thinking about uh, the, uh, having the PCU hangout. And he shared with us how one day he sat down and he just thought about his life. And say, I'm worried, I have, I have needs, I have needs. And he was just complaining to God. It's okay to share this story, right? <laughs> because he shared it publicly. And we was just complaining to God. And God told him, like, look, calculate everything in your life that, you, that is a need and put an amount to it. Put an amount to it. Everything that you need in this life that you are complaining bitterly about, that I want to die. Want... And he sat down. And everything came up to 10 million naira. And God told him, do you know that one man that is not born again can give you that 10 million naira? One man that does not know God Somebody that can just give you that million, and that's the end. So, will you worship that man then? Will you worship? Because all everything that is war, that is money, money, everything, can you, one man can just sign it off without blinking, without even filling it in his account, that something left the account. One man can sign it off and give it to you. So, will you now worship that man? So, when we put money, and exhort money above meditation, above the things that God is saying is the pathway to prosperity, then our body is going to be full of darkness. Is, is what scripture records. So my advice to us <laughs> this morning is that be, be careful of money. If you want to blow, there's a pathway to blowing. It is the, it's the right pathway is meditation. You stay on the word till it works. And I want to quickly show us, okay? He says the love of money is the root of all evil. It's not that money is the root of all evil. It is the love of money that is the root of all evil. So if you are walking somewhere, you're doing something, you are hasty to be rich, these people, ah, which salary are they earning? I earned very meager salary for five years. But all I learned that in that place is why I got hired now for something that is about 20 times what I was earning then. Did you hear that? A faithful man will abound with blessings. You stay on it. Faithfulness is not tied to how much you're earning. It's not, you, know, you say a boss is difficult and they're earning me 30, 40 k What am I earning here? What, what kind of amount is this? But there are other things happening in that environment. There are lessons you are learning. Like five, 10, six, seven years down the line, these things, as you're doing that, you are staying on the word. The, the, the blessing of a man is not what should get you excited. It is revelation knowledge. What you are getting, the wisdom you are getting, the knowledge you are getting from scripture, that is what should get you pumped every morning. So when you get to work and the salary is meager and the environment is uncomfortable, what should get you excited is the revelation knowledge you carry. I know that I have Isaiah 40. I know I have Isaiah 60 that says kings are coming to my light. That is what should get you excited. So when you go to work, stay on. You carry scriptures. That is why many people get frustrated and resign. They resign out of their destiny. They resign out of where God wants to train them. And I'm not saying it's bad to resign. Sometimes you have to resign. So let me just strike a balance. Okay, but you want to ask yourself... God, am I to leave now? What are you trying to tell me here? You go back to 1 Corinthians 2 and ask yourself, that these things here, am I, am I, what is the hidden wisdom? Because for me, the hidden wisdom for me was to stay there for five years and learn the lesson. For you, the hidden wisdom might be stay here two years and you're done. But you want to ask yourself, Lord, what's the hidden wisdom? What's the pathway to my rise? Because if you are hasty, always jumping, and believing in age where people just want to, ah, you try everything. Ah, let me run to Canada. Ah, Canada may not be where your destiny is. U.S. may not be where your destiny is. If it's there, fine. 
But you don't, he that makes haste to be rich, you don't get there. The body's full of darkness. You can't manifest glory. You can't manifest destiny because your body's full of darkness. Remember, your body's full of darkness because you are making haste to be rich, not because. <sighs> now, quickly, let's look at the Daniel story. Let's look at the Daniel story as I round up. As I round off this session now. Remember, I've talked about the fact that money is, is a focus on self. Uh, Okay, people don't see how resort, how meditation ties to money. There's money in meditation, plenty of money. Do that, Psalm 1, Psalm 1. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water. Shall bring forth fruit in his season. Whatever he does shall prosper. That's prosperity, prosper, he shall prosper. But it starts from meditation, not by jumping and looking for opportunities everywhere. You will do those things too, but the call with meditation. Let not your faith stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The power of God is in the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is in meditation. Meditation, wisdom, power. That is the pathway. Now, a reason why people are jumping after money is because they are afraid. They are afraid of what their bosses will think. But there were three men in the Bible. There, there, there are Hebrew children in the Bible recording Daniel. And this is how I'm going to close. Daniel, the book of Daniel, my wife and I have been studying Daniel, Joseph, just studying how these guys, because they were very unusual, unusual beings. So studying their character, their personality, so Daniel 1, 2, 3, if you read Daniel 1, 2, 3, it will help you a lot in what you're doing at work. So Daniel 1, I don't want us to open because of time. You're trying to apply for a job. Eh? The king is going to select some of you. So you're trying to, that's the same, it's the same thing that is happening right now in the age. You're trying to apply for a job. And so people inside there tell you, this is, it. This is how you should package your CV. Put this one there. Lie here. Put one here. This is how you should package your CV. It's this thing. This is what will make the king like you. But you say, no. Okay. I want to, my wisdom, my faith is not in the wisdom of men. My faith is in the power of God. And the power of God says, I will meditate. Give us 10 days. Let me meditate. And then you meditate on scripture. The king sees you and likes you. And say, ah, how, why, why are you so wise? You are wiser than everybody. Because your faith is not in the wisdom of men. The wisdom of men will tell you, look, eat this food so you can get fat. Eat this food. Do this. This is how you, you, should, you should package your CV. Look at what everybody's doing. Write this exam. Write IELTS. Write TOEFL. Write this one. There has the wisdom of men. But you're saying, no. The wisdom, the wisdom of God, which, which has power, is telling me I should read the Bible. I should study. When I appear before the king, he will like me. And I can even recommend my friends. I can say, look, my friends too. That's chapter one. Chapter two, you are now inside the job. <laughs> you are now inside. The king now has a problem that nobody can solve. Because this, there's a destiny that God has orchestrated for you. And you have to always remember that my faith is not in the wisdom of men. The king said, I will kill everybody. Go and bring Daniel. Go and bring everybody. If you can't interpret this dream, I'll kill all of you. The problem comes and says, look, if you, don't if you don't solve this challenge in the office, I will fire you. That's what he's saying there. If you don't solve this challenge, and Daniel said, tell the king to calm down. All of the other people say, we can't, we don't know the dream. Don't. Daniel said, look, just tell the king to give me time. My faith is not in the wisdom of men. Okay, and that's why when he appeared before the king, what did he tell you? He said, look, there's a God that I know that reveals dreams and secrets. That's the same thing Joseph said. Okay, so he told the king, look, my faith is in the wish, is the power of God, and interpreted the dream. And so in life, sometimes you're at your workplace, your boss is asking you, the fear of your boss, there's a scripture in Proverbs that says, the fear of man brings bondage. You should not, never be afraid of a man. If you carry the spirit of God on inside of you through meditation, no boss, no difficult boss anywhere, they look at you like this and they're afraid. 
because you are, you are, you are reading scriptures that are eternal. You have looked at the face of Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified for you, the one who was slain before the foundation of the world. And then you look at the face of a boss and you're afraid. No, you should never be afraid. So Luke talked to all the guy, look, we solved this and he solved it. He got promoted. So first one was how he entered, okay? He submitted his CV. Now he's inside. He solved the problem. Chapter three, the, the boss is now excited. We're making progress in this office. All excited. Uh, it's, it's not the glory of, uh, it's not any wisdom that brought me here. It's my wisdom. So I raise a statue. All of you bow before me. Okay? So the boss tells you, I'm the one that is the king of this office. So everybody respect me and worship me, adore me. Three Hebrew children. What did they tell you? They didn't bow. So in life, if you are afraid, and this is, I'm tying this to hastiness to make money. If you are afraid because your boss will fire you because when he fires you, your money you won't be able to have access to the salary. You won't be able to defy him. That's what happens many times. You're afraid to tell your boss your boss is doing something shady. Your boss is doing something bad. And you're afraid to walk up because you're afraid that ah, ah, I don't get fired. You look at the boss in the face. What did these three guys say? He said, look King, we are not afraid to answer you in this matter. That's one of the most powerful scriptures. I just want to watch the film. I say, how? How, how, did, how did these guys? I want us to read that scripture. Let's read that scripture. Daniel chapter 3. Powerful scripture. That's the kind of boldness you should have. But that cannot happen if your faith is in the wisdom of men. The wisdom of men does not produce boldness. Because Nebuchadnezzar, <laughs> you stand before Nebuchadnezzar and you are telling, double the fire. And they carried them. They were not afraid. Look at what they said. Go on, please, go on. Let's go to where they were responding to the king. And there's something I want to correct in this scripture. Many people have misinterpreted this scripture. And, okay, uh-huh. oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. Anytime something that is of God is pitched against something that is not of God, you have to be bold and rise up to the challenge. You have to be bold. There's no, there's no respect there again. There's no, mm, if you tamper with my God. That, because that's the, you can't, you can't rise. You can't enter into the role and get the job and be doing well. And then down the line, you, forgot, you forget how you got there. No, you got there through revelation. You got there through meditation. You got there through grace. So when something now challenges that belief, uh, look at what, we're not careful to answer in this matter. Look at verse 17. Okay, we're not careful. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us. Now, from the burning fire, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. Go on, verse 18. I want to correct something there that people always misconstrue. Verse 18, quickly. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Many people always think that what he said there was that... Uh, if you throw us into the fire, uh, we will not serve you. But if not, if you don't throw us, that either if not, demons, if you don't throw us, then that's not what he's saying there. First part is that if, if you throw us into the fire, uh, we will still not worship you. But if, you, if not, this if not there, what he's saying there, if not, that means if not, be it known unto thee. <laughs> Who can decode what is there? <laughs> he's not saying... What he's saying is that even if you decide in your heart that, look, you guys should not, should not be thrown into the fire. Even if you decide that, look, in your, in your understanding, if not, we will still not do it. That's what he's saying. 
I don't know how many of you understand what I'm saying. Go back to verse 17. Let me explain it further again. Verse 17. If it be so, what had happened before this verse? Can you go to 15? What had happened before this verse? Was that, okay, now, they didn't bow the first time. So Nebuchadnezzar said, look, why didn't you guys bow? Okay, so now, if you are ready now, at what time you hear the sound, your flute, your harp, and all kinds of music, fall down and worship the image which I have made. But if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Ah, you dare an anointed man. You dare, you dare somebody who carries the covenant. Okay? And so that's, that's their response. Now, if you do this now, if, I, if you hear the sound now, bow. Verse 16. Look at what he now says in verse 16. Okay? Say, look, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. Verse 17. So if it be so, if you are going to tell us to bow, okay, and if you are telling us that we should, this should be blown, this thing should be, we should bow, our God is able to save us. That means if you throw us into the fire, we believe that God will save us if you throw us into the fire, okay? But even if you don't tell us, okay, that's what it now says, but if not, if not, God be known unto you that our God that we not, uh, that all king, that we will not serve thy God nor worship the golden image thou hast set up. So either way, we win. Anything you want to do, we win. So they are not saying, ah, uh, even if you throw us into the fire, uh, something will happen, we don't know what will happen and all of that. Even if you throw us into the fire, and if you decide that you are not throwing us into the fire, either way we win. So as a child of God who is meditating, who has access to revelation knowledge, don't be afraid of any king that wants to take your job away from you. Don't be afraid of any position that you have been there for many years or because it was a testimony. Look, anything you get by testimony that you share is powerful, but you get into that system and they are doing something unjust, you can, you can speak against that. And they fire you, so be it. That's what happens. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. The same God that brought that opportunity can bring other opportunities. And so please, we are journeying from low light to full light. Remember. And the pathway to full light is what? It's meditation. Meditation will produce what? Wisdom. And wisdom will produce what? That is the journey to fullness of light. That is the journey to fullness of light. And so my closing thoughts this morning will be, look, pressure will pile on you, okay? There's going to be a lot of pressure. As you are going in life, as you are advancing in your careers, there's going to be pressure, pressure from the environment, pressure from friends, pressure from family, pressure from work, okay? Your needs, you will have genuine needs, okay? Genuine needs, very true. I look, I, I need money. Genuinely, it's not, you're not lying here. You need this money. Okay? But you should never forget that there is a particular way that God has ordained for that need to be met. It's not through every way. There's a particular way. And so you want to stay on the word and meditate till you find the answer. Many times the answers are always around you. Very easy. All you need is an open eye. And so as I'm closing this morning, we're going to read Isaiah 55 from verse 1. Okay, especially for people, maybe you don't have money. This scripture is for people that don't have money. I'm telling you, it's, for, it's, it's a scripture for people that don't have money, really. If you don't have money, scripture, <laughs> everything is in the Bible, I'm telling you. So please, maybe next time you don't have money, this is the scripture for you. God wants to show you how you can have access. I'm so sorry, I'm out of time, five minutes, but we're rounding off already. Isaiah 55 from verse 1. 
one of my beloved scriptures. Oh, everyone, anything Isaiah, I'm in love. Anything Isaiah like this, I hear it like this, I'm already in love. <laughs> oh, everyone that thirsted, come ye to the waters. He that has no money, can you see? Come ye and buy and eat. Yes, come. But how can you buy? You don't have money. Buy wine and milk without money and without price. How? Have you ever seen this scripture before? Come and buy milk. Buy. You go there. What you do? They slap them. Give me. <laughs> That's not what scripture is saying. He said, wherefore do you spend money? Somebody are spending money on things that is not in scripture. Things that are not in scripture. You are spending effort. It's not just money now. Labor. Think. Wherefore do you spend money? Verse 2. For that which is not bread. This thing you are doing. Go lay, go, go lay work. And you labor for that which satisfies not. Why are you running about? Hacking diligently unto me. Eat ye that which is good. Let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear. Come unto me. Hear and your soul shall live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Even the sure message of David. I have given him for a witness for the people, a leader and a commander to the people. Look at what he says in verse 5. I used to, I declare this over my business and it has happened. It happened. Scripture on me. Ah, behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know. And nations that do not know you will come running. In your room, you are just calling them. Nations, I don't know. These nations are companies. If you have a business, they are companies, organizations, businesses. I, I don't know their names. I'm just calling them. They, they, they don't know me too, but they are looking for me. Nations that do not know you will come running. But before you get there, what he told you was that you should meditate. Incline your ear. So if you don't have money, this is it. You have scriptures. If you don't have money, you have 60, uh, 66 chapters of Isaiah. You have tons of chapters in the Bible to read. If you don't have a job, remember when I didn't have a job, just sit down. This is enough work for somebody. This is enough work. You study the word, you read. Everything is in the word. Tell your neighbor, everything is in the word. And so this morning, we're going to rise and just begin to pray in our hearts. You can just begin to play softly. Father, God, Father, Lord, help me to stay diligent and committed on this path. The path to light. Father, Lord, help me to stay diligent and committed to the path. Okay, help me stay diligent and committed to this path. That I will not choose another path. That's the path that leads to the fullness of my light. Oh, let the love of money not sway me. Pray that let the love of money not sway me away from the truth. Let the love of money not sway me away from meditation. In the name of Jesus. Let the love of God not let the love of money. Let the love of money not sway me away from truth and from meditation. Pray that Lord help me to keep growing unto the last day. Help me to keep growing from the last day to the last day. Till day, the, the, the day shines in my heart. The day star rises in my heart. Pray for the spirit of meditation to fall upon you. Masoka pradole ambarodo siskeparia balabosh le kasofra katabalaba. If your eye be single, your whole body will be full of light. If your eye be single, pray for the spirit to keep your eyes focused on the word. If your eyes is single, if your eyes are single, if you are focused on the word, pray that every spirit of an evil eye remove every spirit of an evil eye. Masoka libratomba labarabash. That I will not be hasty to make riches. I will not be hasty to make wealth. I will not be hasty to blow. I will be hasty to study the word. I will be hasty to meditate. I will be hasty to study God's word. I will be hasty to see, to read, to study, to understand the hidden wisdom of God.
In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Glory to God. Hallelujah. How many of you were blessed by that? And that's, um, that's a good way to conclude the series and just give us uh, different insights because really all of these things we are learning it is in the practice okay wow what a word for more messages connect with our tribesmen across all social media platforms at powerpoint tribe